Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network. I'm Adam Wright. So happy to be with you this morning for a very special live broadcast. We're broadcasting today from the Dome at America Center in downtown St. Louis as part of the SEEK 24 conference. But before we get into all of that and before uh, we we do any of the fun stuff we're going to do today, let's do the most important thing we're going to do this hour, and that's pray our morning offering together in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh, Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day all the intentions of your sacred heart in union with the holy sacrifice of the mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins for the intentions of all my relatives and friends and in particular for the intentions of the holy father amen we dedicate all of our thoughts words and actions to the greater glory of god in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen well what a beautiful morning it is on this tuesday january 2nd and uh, normally i don't get to say this but it's always a treat when I do. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. I'm Adam Wright, joined by the always wonderful Patty Schneier. Patty, it's so great to have you with us today. Good morning and Happy New Year to everyone. It's great to be here live um, here at the Dome at the Convention Center. Got up nice and early, drove down to be with you, Adam, and to bring you this special broadcast. All week we're going to be doing this. It's yeah. going to be great. It, 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 you know, it feels like it's been a long time already. We were down here on Saturday setting up for our booth, and then I came down yesterday for uh, some of the festivities and the Mass. I actually came down Sunday as well with the kids. We went to Mass down at the old cathedral, and they're like, Dad, where are you going to be all week? I said, well, I'll go, I'll go show you. So we were able to come in here and kind of show them the lay of the land, and they said, how many people are going to be here? And, Patty, let me tell you, last night at Mass with, you know, somewhere between 15,000 thousand people. I'm not sure if everybody was here yet, but there was a lot of people. I lost count. I I, I stopped counting around 13,000, you know. Uh, no, I, I'm just kidding. But it was full, and it was beautiful. And there's something so amazing, and, and you remember this from last year, when you have that many Catholics in a room together praying, you know, the the singing of the, the Kyrie. Actually, when we started singing Sing of Mary, the entrance processional hymn, it, it, it just takes your breath away to be in that room with the church at prayer. And then to see all the priests process in, and then to see the bishops process in too. I mean, it's quite impressive. If if you don't know what Seek is, I mean, I know, Adam, you've been talking about it so much on the morning show, but we are here with Focus, the college students from all over the United States. It's a big deal for the Archdiocese of St. Louis. It's a big deal just nationwide for young people. If you're a college student, this is where you want to be this week, and you're Catholic for sure, <laughs> right. um, because it's exciting. It is great when you put that many young people all together. And then just the beauty of being church together is such an incredible feeling. And, so tell us about the mass. Well, and we're going to hear about that all week. In fact, we've got a, a missionary that's going to be on with us this morning talking about what the, the Fellowship of Catholic University Students does on campus and how that all plays out. But, you know, last night was the kickoff. Last night was begin with prayer, the most important thing. And what a blessing it was that the, the first day coincides with our Blessed Mother's Feast Day, mm-hmm. the Solemnity of Mary, Mother of God, which, um, you know, a great way to begin the week. And and I remember uh, last night, one, one thing in particular from Archbishop Rosansky's homily was the point he was making about Mary and her role in the Incarnation and, and the fact that the second person of the Holy Trinity, a divine person, would take on human nature and walk, be born of a virgin in a manger in Bethlehem and the significance of that. And he, he's made the point that he's been reflecting this entire Christmas season on this uh, German mystic who said, Jesus could be born a thousand times in Bethlehem, 
but it's all in vain if he's not born in my heart. And, and that was his challenge for us this week is how are we going to welcome Jesus into our heart? How are, we, how are we going to allow him to be born into our hearts this week? And every person I've talked with from the archdiocese as they've been getting ready to host Focus and, and welcome everyone to St. Louis, every person I've talked with from Focus so far, we've all agreed on, on one very important thing. Our Lord's going to act this week. Mm, you know, God, sure. God is going to act this week. The question is, are we going to get out of his way and allow him to transform us? Or are we going to say, well, here, Lord, let me give you the terms and conditions before before you jump in here. Uh, th- this is what I have to say on the mat. No, no, no. I don't want to say anything. I just want to say, here I am, Lord. I come to do your will, as the psalmist says. So, Well, how powerful when we know where two or more are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Well, think about that with twenty to 30,000 people. Yeah, yeah. It's not <laughs> so even two or, is... two or 300. It's exactly. two or 3,000. It's 20,000. It's you know? 20,000. And that is a powerful thing. So you know the Holy Spirit is going to be at work. And, and again, it's just so beautiful because of the enthusiasm of so many of the young people too. They really do come seeking him, which is beautiful. And all of us need to do that as yeah. well. Well, here's what's ahead on Roadmap to Heaven today. We're going to go a little bit longer this morning as well. We've got some bonus time for you. We've got Michael Masick, who is a first-year uh, missionary with Focus. He's going to be joining us right after the weather. And then uh, Focus parent, Andy Jocelyn. Andy's a, a great guy here in town, and uh, we're going to hear about how Focus has transformed his family. And then, you know, Patty, one of my other favorite things about Focus is where we're at right now. It's kind of quiet because it's early. Mission Way, where they have uh, all these exhibitors from all over the country, religious order after religious order, vendors, and more. And we're going to hear from uh, Kelly Simpson, who's the Vice President of Programs for Life Teen Youth Ministry, to talk about, you know, before they even get to this college point, how ministry is impacting the lives of our young people and why that is so important in today's day and age. So that's all ahead on Roadmap to Heaven this morning. But first, Let's take it back to the studio where we've got Mike Roberts with Saint of the Day. Today is the memorial of Saints Basil the Great and Gregory Nazianzen, bishops and doctors of the church. Born in Turkey around 330, Saint Basil came from a wealthy Christian family with a legacy of devotion to their faith. His grandfather was a martyr in the years before Constantine and all four of his siblings became saints. Basil was elected bishop of Caesarea in 370, and monks of the Eastern Church to this day still follow his monastic rules. He was a powerful force in the fight against Arianism and a strong supporter of the Nicene Creed. St. Gregory was born around 339 in Cappadocia, and a friend of Basil's, and like him, followed the monastic way for many years. In 381, he became Bishop of Constantinople. It was during this time when the Arian heresy was at its height. He longed for a life of prayer and contemplation, but his writing and speaking skills constantly drew him into a much more visible role. In fact, his skills earned him the nickname The Theologian. Saints Basil the Great and Gregory Nazianzen, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. Well, we are back. I'm Adam Wright. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. It's a very special broadcast this morning from Mission Way at the Seek 24 conference in downtown St. Louis. And I'm happy to be joined this morning uh, by our you know, guest co-host extraordinaire Patty Schneier and now uh, from <laughs> Charles, College of Charleston, 
Michael Masick, a first-year focused missionary. Michael, it's great to have you with us on the show today. Good so, morning, Michael. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for getting up so early and being yeah. a guest with us live on Covenant <laughs> Network. <laughs> so, so tell us a little bit about yourself. First-year missionary, where'd you grow up, where'd you go to college, and how did you end up a focused missionary? Yeah, so I'm a native to Atlanta, Georgia, and um, I, I went to Georgia Southern University. That's um, where I met Focus as a freshman. Um, I remember going to college when I was in, back in 2018, <laughs> um, and I, I met Focus the first Sunday Mass that I ever went to. Um, I remember going, going to college, and I, faith was very important to me, and I was, I was set on being rooted in my faith in college. I didn't, I didn't want to lose that because I, I had heard, you know, stories in high school about people walking away from the church during this time in their life, and I... I wanted to be, make sure I was rooted in that. And so I found the Focus Missionaries at my, my college, the first Sunday Mass. They introduced themselves at the very end. Um, and I kind of got plugged in from there. I started attending a Bible study led by um, one of the students who was being uh, discipled by a Focus Missionary. Um, I was going to Mass, Adoration. Um, but that, that first semester... Um, I, I was kind of just checking checking the boxes. Um, I, I kind of got into November, and I was sitting during Mass one day, and it kind of just hit me. I was like, something something's missing here. Um, I you know I'm doing all doing all the things, um, you know, but so, something else is missing. And so at the end of that first semester, um, my my Bible study leader asked me um, if I he gave me what's called the, the high call to mission. Um, and he asked if I, I wanted to put Jesus at the center of my life while living in college and to help bring others to do so as, as a student. Um, and wow. so from there, as, as a student, I started leading Bible studies, um, and I was meeting with other students who were leading Bible studies, and it was just really beautiful to see, um, you know, the missionaries and to have the student, you know, the student population at the Catholic Center trying to bring all these all these students from our campus to Christ. And so that really caught fire with me, um, and I just, I loved it. I loved it so much. And when it came time um, to graduate, um, I, I was really convicted of, of the mission of Focus, and I, I said yes to becoming a missionary. And so now I've just finished my first semester serving at the call to Charleston, South Carolina, um, my team and I are the first to go. They've never had focus before. And so it's, it's my great gift um, to be able to bring um, kind of, you know, the experience and to bring Christ, um, you know, and what I was given in college to these students who have never experienced this. So yeah. question for you, real, that real quick, I, I want to know about focus. When you sign up to become a missionary, do you maybe give your top three choices of where you want to go? Are you sent wherever and you have no idea whether it's going to be Oregon, Texas, or New York and anywhere in between? Yeah, great question. So I wish I, that was the, uh, <laughs> I wish I could choose my top three because uh, my top, I think my top choice was, was Texas. I really wanted to go to Texas. Um, I really want to go to Texas too, <laughs> you know, just, just for the record here. 
<laughs> oh, so yeah. So you were just sent wherever. Yeah, so I, I gave my yes to focus to wherever they would send me. Um, and so I was hoping for the South, and that's where they decided to place me. Well, how beautiful that you're the first team yeah. to go, too. That is a gift to be to be on it the is. ground and get it started. That's a real excitement, I'm sure, for you. I, and, and I love how uh, you passed the first most important exam of your college years at High Call to Mission. Do you want to make Jesus the center of your life yeah. here in college? So uh, you get an A for that. And <laughs> now, and now what I'm wondering is you're a semester in as focused missionary, first time at the College of Charleston, not just for you, but for them as well. Have you had that conversation with anyone yet? Has it been time to give any of your students that high call to mission? Yes, actually. Um, at the end of this, this first semester, uh, before we left for break, I was able to give uh, have this conversation with three, three of my students. Um, and very thankfully, they said yes. Um, Beautiful. And so, yes, I'll be, I'll be walking with these students this upcoming yeah. semester and how to you know, grow and live as a Catholic um, on a college campus you know, uh, strengthening their faith in the sacraments, how to live out virtuous friendship. Now, we, uh, we're we not going to mention way back when we were in college. I was going to uh, say, you're very young. <laughs> we're on the record here. We're, we're on the air. But, you know, I, I think sometimes, especially as we've been preparing for a lot of our listeners uh, who are here for the Making Missionary Disciples track mm-hmm. to, to evangelize in their peer group, that question of can I really do this? I mean, I'm not I'm not a priest, I'm not a parish employee, you know. But we're all called to holiness. We're all called to evangelize, and that's one of the beautiful things about Focus, is just giving that all of the tools you need and the training you need to say, listen, you have a witness. You, Jesus is working in your life. The Father's working in your life. The Holy Spirit's working in your life, and it's all about sharing that witness with others. So when you go into this first semester of being a missionary, what are some of the things that you look back to your training last summer that, that you say, oh, I am really glad they shared this with me because as much as I love our Lord, I never would have thought to make this a priority when I go to the campus and I'm in that missionary role. Yeah, so I think the first thing that jumps out to mind is um, our, our training on the, the virtues. Um, one of the things that surprised me as I was coming to training was focuses emphasis on um, building ourselves up in in the virtues, um, especially the the virtues of prudence, justice, and temperance. And it's important to have um, you know the, these to learn about these virtues as we're going on to campus because we don't know where we're going to expect. We don't know all the challenges that we're we're going to face. Um, and so it's it's really it's really great to have ourselves rooted in that. Yeah. And how beautiful also when you're focused on prudence, justice, and temperance, think of passing that on to the college students that you will meet, how important it is when you're going through those college years to have those virtues. Yeah. I love what exactly. you said too. I, I want to I stress this because I think it's so important. You went into college wanting to keep your faith and going to mass was important to you. And that's where you got plugged in. I think that's the first step. Um, and if we can just, I know as parents, that was the number one thing I wanted for my kids. Just make sure that you keep the faith during college. But how beautiful that we have focus to help college students do that. Did you know about focus before you went to college and you just had that commitment in your own heart? And then was that a surprise to meet focus or did you have that intention of, I need to find focus? It was actually a surprise. Uh, it was a very good surprise. I, I had no idea about focus. Um, I, I was involved in, in life teen in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, but outside of that, I, I had no idea about focus. So it was a great gift to be able to introduce yeah. 
into that. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, I've got some more questions for Michael, and I know Patty does too, but let's do this. Let's take a little break here for our listeners. And when we come back, we're going to continue the conversation with Michael Masick, first-year focus missionary at the College of Charlestown. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. Stay tuned for more. Hello, podcast listeners. This is Adam Wright for Covenant Network. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to hit like and subscribe. And while you're at it, share it with your friends. And now back to the Roadmap to Heaven podcast. We are back. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network. I'm Adam Wright, and it is a joy to be with Patty Schneier this week as... We are at the Seek 24 conference in downtown St. Louis. We're talking with Michael Masick, first-year focus missionary at the College of Charlestown. And, uh, Michael, th- this is such a, a great week to be together. Uh, but this is also a first for you. This is the first year that you are here as a staff member and uh, as a focus missionary. How's it different? I, you know, I, I kind of wonder those things because I never went through focus as a student. I've never been to Seek as a participant on that end, and I've never been a focus missionary before. But what, what's the experience like for you this year? experience but a great one this year um, I'm kind of working behind the scenes with a lot of the missionaries to help uh, put seek on um, and it's it's amazing um, to have experienced seek as a participant to receive all the gifts uh, that seek and our Lord have to offer um, but now as a missionary to be able to help bring this put this on for our students and to see all of like the joy um, that our students have receiving yeah. this and to see lives transformed. Now, that's got to be a great asset to you, though, having been through this as a student, because it, this is the first time Focus has been on campus at your school. So I, I'm going to take a guess here. This is the first time that all 20 from your group have been to Seek before. And they probably had a lot of questions. And, and what were some of those questions that they were asking? Like, you want us to go to St. Louis for what? <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we spend a great deal trying to get our students here just because it's such a great experience. Um, and so a lot of the questions are, like, how much is it? You know, when is it? Where is it? How long? Um, what, what all do I need to go? Um, and we, we, try to, we try to break down as many barriers as we can to have our have our students uh, come for this incredible, incredible time. All right. Now, I learned, we learned last year this term glory story. That the, this yes. is a focus term. The, right. So, oh, yes. so I, I have to ask you before our time runs out here, what's, what's a glory story you have from this semester? How, how have you seen God working at College of Charlestown through the, the Bible studies, the small groups, the work that he's called you and your team to? Yes. So one of our students here... Um, I've been working with him this, this semester, and this is, this is my glory story. It's amazing. We had a student find us our second week of outreach on campus, and he wanted to get plugged into a Bible study, um, which is amazing to see. Yes. <laughs> Students want to get plugged into Bible studies. Um, and I, I found out that he, he wasn't Catholic, um, but he still wanted to pursue a Bible study. Um, and so he came, um, he actually came to daily mass after that first Bible study, as we nice. have, we offer daily mass after Bible studies during uh, our Tuesday programming throughout the week. And he kept coming throughout the semester. Um, and it was incredible to kind of see the, the, the kind of the light bulbs go off yeah. um, as, as we're going through um, uh, Focus's Crux Bible study, which kind of goes through the main parts of our faith. And as, as we got to the end, um, we were covering the prodigal son, and 
if you remember that story, both of the sons in the story of the prodigal son, they, they have the same problem, and that's that they believe they have to earn God's love. Right. And so um, with this one student, I, I, was, I asked him, I asked him, what, what's, what's your experience with, you know, with, with our, our Lord, you know, and with earning God's love? Because I feel like on, on a level, all of us feel that we, you know, we kind of have to do that. Um, and so he, he told me he's, that he, um, he, he's Mormon, and he told me that he believes that he has to earn God's love, but through this, he's, he's seeing that he actually doesn't, that our Lord deeply loves him. Beautiful. And so he's ac- actually here at Seek, and he's so excited to be here. He's incredible. It's exciting. And it's, he's going to be blown away. <laughs> I know. I'm so, I'm so excited to, to hear about what he thinks about the talks and, yeah, how ex- his experience in adoration will be. That's beautiful. Well, I have a question for you. Um, you were talking about how you have Bible study every day. What about the team's daily prayer routine? What are some of the things that you incorporate into your own prayer life that you also help college students do? Yeah, so as focused missionaries, we have the great gift of being able to uh, go to Mass every day and to pray a holy hour together. Um, and so it, it's it's really good because our, our whole day revolves around that. That That is the one thing that remains constant throughout the entire week is our holy hour and our Mass. Um, and so as I'm, as I'm going through my, my holy hour um, throughout, throughout the weeks, um, you know, some of the things that we're, we're, we're leading our students with, um, I, I pray with as well, mm-hmm. you know, um, because as, as focused missionaries, we are not exempt from <laughs> the, call to, the call to holiness. And, you know, uh, we're, we're saints in the making as well. Absolutely. Um, and so, yes, it's, it's, it's incredible to, to help bring our students as well, but to also um, nurture our own spiritual lives. Yeah. That's great. Mass and Holy Hour and every day. That's huge. I think that that's the, the most important reminder we get from Focus is that you can have all of the training in the world. You can have all of the, the people skills in the world. But if it's not built on that foundation of prayer, if, if, if prayer is not part of your daily routine, um, it, it's all for naught. You know, what are we really doing here? And uh, it, it's a great reminder that I love every time I get, we get to speak with a focused missionary. So, Michael, we want to thank you for being with us on Roadmap to Heaven. We know you've got a lot to do behind the scenes today. And at some point, you want to track down your students and check in on them. <laughs> They're Although, still I'm, asleep. Yeah, yeah. Mass isn't until 830. The rosary is not until 8 today. So, uh, you know, they've got at least another 24, 25 minutes to sleep before they have to walk across the street here, unless they're taking the bus. Then they might already be up this morning. But it's great to have you with us on Roadmap to Heaven, and thank you for for being here. Thank you for your yes to that high call to mission. We're going to take a break, but we'll be back with Andy Jocelyn, a uh, local St. Louis Catholic and Focus parent. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. Stay tuned. Are you enjoying this podcast? Well, if you are, did you know that Covenant Network offers great programming 24 hours a day on 43 stations in five states, plus streaming online? You can find our schedule, your local station, or listen online at www.ourcatholicradio.org. That's O-U-R catholicradio.org. Well, we are back. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven on this Tuesday morning, January 2nd. Uh, you know, maybe the last morning you're listening before the kids go back to school, for those of you on the morning commute. And kids, if you're already in the car going back to school, well, I'm sorry. Uh, Christmas break has come to an end, and uh, 
that that's just the way it goes sometimes. But, you know, we're here talking about some fantastic things happening, and that is the Seek 24 Conference in downtown St. Louis presented by the Fellowship of Catholic University Students. And, Patty, I am really happy to introduce you and our listeners to a, a local St. Louis Catholic I had the privilege of meeting through Focus, Andy Jocelyn. He's a parishioner at Ascension Parish out in Chesterfield. And, Andy, it's good to have you with us on Roadmap to morning good morning, yeah. good morning. Good to see you. yeah nice to meet you patty now you were with us uh, a little over a year year and a half ago to share your story um but for those who you know weren't tuning in that day <laughs> let, let's let's give the backstory here because from what i remember you know your family catholic you raised your kids catholic catholic school went to mass on sunday um like a lot of us right sure but then something happened your daughter went off to mizzou she yeah, tell, tell us the story. Yeah, yeah. Well, and the only correction is that uh, we, they did not go to Catholic school. Okay. They went to public schools throughout, um, although we were, you know, faithful Catholics and went to Mass every Sunday. The um, journey to Mizzou for my daughter Lizzie um, was one of, you know, pursuing journalism and um, sure. the great program great choice, that they yeah. have there. And um, she got into sorority life and really um, had a, you know, typical sort of crazy, wild college experience to begin her her life. And then um, ran into and met some focused missionaries on Mizzou's campus. And it was like game over. So <clears throat> invited her to a weekend retreat. And we wrote her letters, to which she still refers back to today, mm-hmm. that um, really made an impact on her mm-hmm. just the whole weekend. But, but ultimately, you know, some of the family letters really just that we were praying for her and, and, and her journey. So um, fast forward, you know, college all the way through college experience. She has a couple of internships, one of which was uh, CNA in Denver. And she um, begins to discern the next step after college. And um, they approach her, Focus approaches her about interviewing for a missionary role. And, and so she did. And um, really, it's been all in ever since. So she's now a fourth year missionary. She went to IU for two years, uh, then opened up the campus at Rolla, uh, Missouri S&T. Oh, and she was one of the missionaries there. there. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, she was a team lead there. That's great. Absolutely. So she's still there today. Yeah. Now, we talk about the, the 20,000 people gathered here from all over the country. And last night, it was so funny. At, at one point, uh, before... Before we all gathered for Mass, Father Kevin Dyer from Focus was going through the rooms like, we've got campuses with 20 people here, like St. Louis U right across the street. They're all, ah, and then we've got Texas A&M is here with 300 people, ah, you know, and then one, they said, we got college campuses with one person, and one person did shout out. Like, yeah. Um, but, you know, that's an amazing part about Focus. But the church also, I love the, the title for family, the domestic church. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, from your story, what always strikes me, where perhaps we weren't expecting focus to really have that big of an impact but it has and that's your own family and how has your daughter's you know she went on that awakenings retreat if i remember how has that awakened your family this whole journey of her now with focus well in in so many ways and i don't think by the way that the focus leadership team would would um would agree with your assessment that it's uh, that that's unanticipated i think they've seen it time after time that it does transform families of missionaries um, almost by definition, if they're paying attention to what's going on with their with their children, um, and so it, it literally just you know challenges your own path and your own you know am I being as holy as I can be and am I on the the, the right path that God wants me to be on and so again it just um, watching her daily habits of mass and holy hour and and the 
our, all the friends that she began bringing by our home. And we joke, but our, our home is now really kind of a second home for, for focused missionaries coming through St. Louis, you know, uh, from one campus to another or from one, you know, program to another. So um, we, we've really just, you know, gotten to know so many of her friends uh, through focus that, um, again, it, it, it just awakens you to your own path and your own journey, challenges you to be more dedicated to Bible study, be more dedicated to prayer life. And, and so, you know, that's what it's done to our family, my and, wife and I in particular, but also our younger daughter. And little did your pastor know that this was going to happen and this was now going to have that, that, that trickle-down effect from the, the focus missionary to the focus missionary's family to the parish. And yeah. right now yeah. we're, we're in this time of all things new here in St. Louis where the focus is on evangelization and, and saying we have to do more evangelization. We have to do a better job at evangelization. I know uh, Father Chris Martin, Brian Miller, and their team, are they're doing workshops. They're doing trainings. They've got I don't know how many thousand people down here on the Making Missionary Disciples track as part of that. Um, what, how, how have you changed, and how has this been spilling out now into your, your life in the parish out sure. of Ascension? Uh, it's, it's a great question. And for, I don't know, six, nine months, I, I sort of, you know, rededicated myself to adoration and, and to prayer and, and reading the Bible. But then, you know, at one point... <clears throat> I had sort of an aha moment where it was the year of St. Joseph, remember Pope Francis 2021, and I woke up at 4 o'clock in the morning, couldn't get back to sleep, and began to brainstorm a little bit about, okay, what what is St. Joseph pulling me to do? What is God pulling me to do? And, and I'm telling you, St. Joseph was working on me because before 6 o'clock hit that morning, I had an entire outline of a syllabus of a small group um, for, you know, inspired by some St. Joseph stories and, and formed um, videos that I'd watched. Um, I went through my parish directory and began to identify 20, 25 guys that I knew just from various, you know, activities and events over the years. And the next day began making phone calls. And before you know it, I had 10 yeses. And, um, and we still have seven active today. So wow. it's, it's been now the third year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's small group. Awesome. Friday mornings, 7 a.m. We call ourselves the regular Joes because we <laughs> drink coffee and we wake up and we pray and we uh, and we study the Bible. We and just, that came to you at 4 o'clock in the morning just to, yeah, that's incredible. Not, 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 by, not because I couldn't sleep, but the Holy Spirit was yeah. just at work. You were awakened for a purpose. Yes, ma'am. I love and, when and that happens. I love how that incorporates you having to do some legwork on that because, you know, how often do we say, well, Lord, if you want me to do this, just send me the people, right? And, well, no, the, mm-hmm. the Lord can do that. But sometimes the way he sends us the people is by saying, Andy, Adam, Patty, do the work and go find the people. I, I will help you with that. And I love that. Mm-hmm. Okay, I just went through the directory and said, I know that guy. I, oh, I know that guy. Mm-hmm. I know that guy. I'm just, that's, that's my list. That's who I'm going to invite. Men I know, I've got their contact information in front of me. And, uh, and it has to be authentic. So I'm not the big rah, rah, you know, charge him up, you know, Dan Vonderhaar type. I yeah. mean, he's my hero, but I, I, I'm not him and he's not me. So I'm much more, you know, um, uh, relational uh, on a small group basis. And so that's what fit for me and that's what was comfortable for me. And, but, but also challenging <laughs> in terms of, you know, putting together the, the syllabus and agenda and things like that. But there's so many resources out there formed. Uh, is one that we've you know, pulled a number of different um, programs from, as well as um, 
Bishop Barron's Word on Fire, et cetera. I have a question for you about just your family. Um, when your daughter became involved in Focus, and you said then you also began going to Mass and Adoration, how did that change your relationship with your daughter? Because I, I always say that the faith is really the greatest unifier, and when you can actually you know, pray with your own family, pray with your children, it's almost like a mm -hmm. window to their soul. Um, mm -hmm. So how did that change your relationship, just as a father-daughter, <laughs> when your daughter started inspiring you in the faith? It's a great question, and there's actually a, a, a subplot to that, too, because I began blessing my children um, mm. with the sign of the cross on their foreheads, um, or priests, prophets, and <coughs> kings. And so I, I, I just began to empower myself to, to bless my children and, and begin to, to pray with them um, sort of organically and just really brief sort of um, moments. Um, but Lizzie in particular, it was far simpler because she she was a missionary. She was all in, and... And I think it just deepened our bond as father and daughter. A um, little bit tougher with my younger daughter because she had um, draft, uh, she had drifted into a Protestant um, church in Columbia at Mizzou, where she had great friends, incredible people. Um, but you know, obviously, it's, it wasn't in the full sacramental um, experience of the Catholic Church, and so. Um, while while it was you know connecting it, it wasn't quite fully there and so that was a little bit harder to to, to reach um, but it, it really also my wife uh, Nan and myself um, really I think became closer as a result of this as well well I'll share a little trickle-down story I remember you saying that that you would bless your kids with the sign of the cross and so i started doing that with my daughters um my son's too cool for it. he prays with us but he's he's yeah, like yeah, you're yeah. not too cool son it's the don't lord touch the hair. Here. don't touch the you hair you know but uh <laughs> now our, our youngest two every night you know especially the nights that bedtime is difficult and whatnot like you just need to go to bed and they finally go to their room and if, if i've forgotten the littlest one comes out um you didn't do the blessings. Uh, and I'm like, well, you. I, you know, if, if it was, I need another drink or anything, I'd be like, go back to bed. It's like, you can't say no to, uh, you didn't do the <laughs> blessings, Dad. And, and that, that's all you, Andy, inspiring me to do that with our, our nighttime prayers as well. Beautiful. Um, and you're, now, you're not just down here to be with us on the radio. You're going through the MMD track sure. this week as well. So even though you're yeah. already leading small group, you've got the, the regular Joes. Uh, what is it that you hope to take out of this week to take back to the regular Joes or to take back to Ascension Parish to help, again, evangelize and, and invite more people to have that deep, intimate relationship with Jesus? It's really as simple as just deepening um, my own journey and my faith uh, and inviting others. So I, I, I bought a parish pack so that I, um, I get, you know, one freebie, but, you know, basically six passes. And so I've been, you know inviting um, folks in my parish and, and their spouses. A couple have backed out, so I've had to go to plan B and plan C. But um, ultimately, it's just as simple as um, being inspired, being um, here and available and inspired by some of the great you know, speakers and, and just the, the normal interactions like this yeah. today mm -hmm. um, so that you know, I'm encouraged and, and I'm you know, uh, doubling down on, on my own uh, desire and effort. Well, I think it's so important to have the Making Missionary Disciples track as well. Adults, it's a venue for adults of all ages to That's be right. here as well. This is not just yeah. for college students. <clears throat> That's right. And of course, we've been trying to get that message out for so long. It's been in the in the you know review and everything else as far as in the Archdiocese of St. Louis. But it is even you at home that cannot be here at Seek. 
just that you become aware of this is a huge event, huge event for adults and college students, and that this is really where this inspiration, this fire, and you just get a you become alive with so much hope for the future of the church when you are a part of something like this. And, that's right. And here's the best part. It's not too late. Um, no, there, we're just getting still, started. You can get day passes yes. still. I know the MMD track, that Making Missionary Disciples track, is full, but there are other things to experience. And if, if nothing else, tomorrow night, right. everyone in the Archdiocese of St. Louis mm-hmm. is invited to Eucharistic Adoration, January 3rd. That's tomorrow, Wednesday. Uh, you get to come to the keynote with Father Mike Schmitz, and I believe Dr. Shree is the other speaker tomorrow night. But don't quote me on that. that. Um, and the time of Eucharistic Adoration, which is really the highlight. All you have to do is go to archstl.org slash seek, and you can RSVP there. There's also going to be a really nice reception beforehand. That, that, their space is limited on that to 2,000 people. I don't know if that's filled, but if there's tickets available, they're free as well. Just sign up, get a ticket, come on down to that. Um, Covenant Network's going to be there. It's going to be a fun time. But really, it's that encounter. Well, you know, This all started with that retreat for your daughter, uh, Encounter Jesus in the Eucharist. Come down tomorrow night, archsdl.org slash seek. Andy, I want to thank you for joining Patty and I on Roadmap to Heaven this morning, for sharing some of your story, and we, we look forward to the next time we get to have you on. We are going to take a break. When we come back, Kelly Simpson from Life Teen International is going to be with us to talk about the importance of youth ministry so that it's just a natural step into campus ministry and not a radical, you want me to do what invitation when they get on that campus that has focus missionaries. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. Stay tuned. Are you enjoying this podcast? Well, if you are, did you know that Covenant Network offers great programming 24 hours a day on 43 stations in five states, plus streaming online? You can find our schedule, your local station, or listen online at www.ourcatholicradio.org. That's O-U-R-catholicradio.org. Visit us today. And now back to this podcast. Well, Patty, I want to tell you and our listeners a story this morning about a long time ago when I was working as a music minister with a life teen program in uh, Jefferson County here in Missouri. And uh, they, they called and said, we need a musician for a retreat. Any chance you could join us? I'm like, I would, I would love to. And we go out, and Saturday night of the retreat, we were in Eucharistic Adoration singing praise and worship songs. until It felt like 1 or 2 in the morning. It was, it was all night long. It was beautiful. It was great. And then at about uh, 6.30, 7 in the morning, the youth minister, uh, we're, we're in these bunkhouses, and I'm with all the, the male volunteers. He nudges me and says, hey, you got to get up. We need music for morning prayer. And I said, what? And we didn't talk about this. He goes, no, no, I just need you to sing one song. I'm like, dude, we were up till two in the morning singing songs last night. And uh, so we, we, he's like, I just need you to sing that, that Rich Mullins song, Step by Step, Oh God, You Are My God. And I said, all right, but it might be a little lower because it was one of those mornings. It's like, oh God, you are. This here's where my voice is at. And I, and I tell that story because last night I, I went up to someone I just met for the first time over the weekend and said, uh, how much do you love Jesus, and how much do you love his radio stations? <laughs> because can I ask a youth minister to be on the radio at 7.45 in the morning? And Kelly Simpson did not flinch. She did not <laughs> flinch when she said, yes, I will come be on the radio with you at 7.45 in the morning. And when I got home, I'm like, I just asked a youth minister to come on the air 
and youth ministers are not morning people typically because <laughs> yeah. the crowd's not. But Kelly, thank you so much yeah. for being with us. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning, bright and early. Yeah. I flinched this morning when I got out of bed. I will admit that. So did I. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I knew it was coming. But. I thought your story was going to be how by the end of the week, you and I, our voices are going to be so low from well, it's gonna be being that too. here at Seek. <laughs> yeah. There's so many youth ministry stories with Rich Mullins in it. Yeah. <laughs> All the time. That too. Yeah. Well, we're not here to talk about Rich Mullins. That's going to be another day, Patty. We'll we're do that to, another day. That could be a, that could be a daily dose of encouragement. No, let's talk, let's to talk Kelly. about life teen here. Yeah. Um, you know, I remember as a, as a sophomore in high school, a friend of mine said, it was t- tail end of sophomore year, do you want to go to this mass at this parish with me Sunday night? I'm like, Sunday night? Who has mass on Sunday night? Well, they do. Life let's go. Teen. And I had never been to anything like it. And there was, you know, the, this rock band um, and this, and then this super tall youth minister. Our youth minister was 6'11". So it, it was eye-catching. And yeah. they said, well, do you want to come to our life night downstairs? I'm like, what's a life night? What's, what is going on here? And little did I know how that was going to be the beginning of God working in my life at a time that all my friends were leaving the church in high school. My brother left the church. My parents said to me, do you want to leave the church? And thanks to Life Teen Youth Ministry at Assumption Parish on Mattis Road in South St. Louis County, here I am today mm. because of a program that said, let us tell you about Jesus and how much he loves you and wants you to be part of the church. So the motto then and the motto now, Life Teen, leading teens closer to Christ. Kelly, tell us, how does Life Teen do this? What, what is the model you use? I think, honestly, the way you just described that and a lot of people's stories are solely based on the parish. It's I never hear someone say, oh, I, you know, Life Teen International and we, you did this and this. It is solely based off the parish and the people in the parish. So youth ministers, pastors, core members, which are just adult volunteers. And that is the model that we are a parish based uh, ministry and organization. So we want to provide resources, training, different events like camps, things like that for parishes to attend. And they come as a parish and they return as a parish. So in St. Louis, in the Archdiocese here, you mentioned the two major life teen parishes are Incarnate Word in Chesterfield and Assumption in South County. Yes. I am not super well versed, but yes, those are the ones I hear over and over and over. I think have a lot of deeper roots. Yes. They have a yes, long that tradition is for sure. of yes. life teen. Yeah. But you are not here from in St. Louis. You are with the national organization of life mm-hmm. teen or international? International. Okay. Yeah. We're in like 27 countries. It's... Like wow. we have a there's a camp in Slovenia that they're doing summer camp. <laughs> Go lighting! I know it's amazing. So yeah. where are you based? So I'm out of the Atlanta area. Uh, so I work out of the Atlanta office. We have offices in Mesa, Arizona, here in St. Louis, and then Atlanta, and then a few different remote people yeah. kind of scattered throughout. Now, one of the things I love, youth ministry is not a new concept. In fact, St. Louis is celebrating the 25th anniversary of the founding of their office of youth ministry, coinciding with the papal visit of St. John Paul II in Mm -hmm. 1999. And that's really, you know, that was the kickstart moment here. But even before that, we had the the Catholic Youth Council and the sports organizations. Life Teen said we need to get intentional about this. We need to put the Eucharist at the heart of everything we're doing. When we talk about these life nights, it's, you want to go to life night? What's a life night? Well, I, I've quickly learned. It's a whole curriculum that's put together to help youth ministers and their volunteer core teams teach what the church teaches about the catechism, about social teaching, about prayer, uh, any number of topics broken down by semester. You really give the, the, the programs that participate all of the tools they need from the what's our gathering activity are we going to do what's our icebreaker you you have it all in a book or now online uh, where you, yep, both ends kinda... depending depending people's preference mm-hmm. yeah yeah did you help create any of those um, are you in that like development process 
um, what what do you do? That's, I guess, my question. Yes, yeah, so I'm the vice president of program development. Mm -hmm. uh, so yes, we have a really, really talented catechesis team uh, that goes in. They go straight to the streets and say, like, what do you need as a youth minister or teens? What do you want to learn about? And it's amazing because, yes, we are Eucharistic focused, Marian based too. We just did as a staff, we did the Marian consecration recently. And so we really tried to maintain that foundation and it reminds us of our why. But our resources are often a life night, edge night, whatever you want to, um, whatever you do is based off a gather, proclaim, break, and ascend, which is really the mass. Mm. And Say so those four words again. I love it. Yeah. Gather, proclaim, break and ascend. Mm, love it. And so it's all liturgical based. Mm -hmm. It's like, why invent the, reinvent the wheel? Right. And so for a typical life night, they come in, they have a game, they have praise and worship, something to that extent. And then after um, there's a proclaim, some kind of teaching or something to, to that. And then a break could be small groups or prayer activity or something. It just depends on what the resources depends on the youth minister, the youth group. They know their teens the best. And then there's often a send, which is kind of just that sending go forth and practicality of what they learned and applying it. Yeah, and I, and I love the training that the you give for core members, for youth ministers to draw, you know, because there are some people like me that you put us in a small group discussion and we dominate and, and you train, like, don't let Adam Wright dominate the entire group. <laughs> and then there are some people like my wife, who I love dearly, who's like, you want me to talk? Uh, no, no, thank you. And they're like, no, no, really contribute to this. And it, it's a beautiful thing that happens. Uh, the fruit of it is, is the most important thing that happens. Again, that leading teens closer to Christ. And I, I think of the countless teens that I've seen over the years, they go through these youth ministry programs, and then you go, to, you go up to the Adoration Chapel, and there you see one of your teens has like randomly stopped into Eucharistic adoration or not so randomly. And I remember one time one of the adorers, the perpetual adorers, was like, what are you kids up to? Why are you yeah. up here? It's like, we're here to pray. Like, Really? And then when she's like, and then she told all her friends, like, these teenagers come up here and they pray in the chapel and, you know, and, and they pray. It, it's a beautiful thing. Well, and that's what I love about it is like, yes, you do these things in community, but it, it equips them to create these habits. So they go off to college and hopefully they're, you know, they're blessed with a focus campus and focus missionaries to help just kind of continue to form them. But they have those habits where like, oh, I do a daily holy hour or I know that I need to sign up and be a guardian. I think another thing that's really important is when a young person, again, each one is different of where they're going to hopefully encounter Christ and then have that community that's going to sustain them because we know how important, of course, during those young adolescent and young adult years, how important that, um, that, that core community of their peers, you know, we Absolutely. all talk about peer pressure, but peer yeah. pressure can be a really positive thing. Mm -hmm. So Life Teen, of course, is for the high school student. And then, as you said, it's this natural progression then into focus or on college campus so that a student, a young person can have that core community of peers where faith is as normal as breathing. Yeah. And I, I want to get into that, and because that's going to be a longer answer, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go to the IDs a little bit early because we're going longer than normal today. Okay. And uh, the, the FCC likes it when we play the IDs. And we like to follow the law. We're all about, about things like that. Yeah. So let's take a break really quick here just to, to play our IDs. Um, and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the importance of youth ministry as the church faces what we call the nuns. And we're not talking about the wonderful women religious behind us. So, <laughs> so stay tuned for just a, a minute here. We'll be right back with our live broadcast from Seek 24. Are you enjoying this episode of Roadmap to Heaven? Are you saying to yourself, I wish I could listen to this again? Well, good news, you can. Just go to your favorite podcast app and search Roadmap to Heaven by Covenant Network to find this episode and more. 
And for even more great Catholic content, be sure to visit www.ourcatholicradio.org. That's O-U-R-CatholicRadio.org and click on the Programs tab for some great shows. And now back to Roadmap to Heaven. Patty asked me during the break there, are we going to do the weather again? Let me just give you the weather report from Seek. It's cold. <laughs> if, you're from, if you're from the north, it's not as cold. It's actually kind of a balmy day. It's 27 <laughs> degrees right now with a high in the 40s. And if you're from Atlanta, it's cold. No, it's freezing. It's freezing. <laughs> That's today. what we so, say. It's freezing. No, this is a great <laughs> week. It's going to be a great report. week. We're lucky we're not in the middle of a snowstorm. <laughs> right. This is beautiful. As now, all the kids are coming. I said yeah. kids. I should say kids. All the focus kid, uh, college students are all piling in right now. They're making their way yeah. over to the dome. So Kelly, it's exciting. Kelly, I, I turned 40 earlier uh oh, february of last year and 40 wasn't what made me feel old being at seek made me feel old around <laughs> all these college students yep. but you know here's the thing you you think about uh, a report that bishop robert Barron gave at the usccb i want to say back in 2019 yeah, yeah. and it we, we were introduced to this phrase the nuns mm-hmm. n-o-n-e-s those who do not identify with any faith tradition and it's not just leaving the catholic church for a while we were talking about leaving the catholic church and ending up in the protestant mega churches and whatnot and that still happens sadly um but more more concerning is leaving the church entirely and just saying i don't believe i don't i don't believe in god i don't believe in any of this uh that phrase i'm spiritual but not religious and i I bring this up with you specifically because one of the the things that shocked me when he was giving the data and it was a you know all this research they did the median age for those leaving the church is 13 years old. My oldest is 13 years old. And I'm, I'm like, well, wait a minute. Have I done everything I need to do as a parent? You know, what about my other kids? And luckily, God's blessed us. I think we're in a good place with our kids. I think they're in a great place. But even looking in their peer group and, and their friends and their family and, and family's friends and just our, our whole reach, I see it. I see those kids are like, yeah, I don't believe so why, you know, when we talk about EDGE youth ministry that Life Teen does in the middle schools, we talk about Life Teen youth ministry programs. Why is youth ministry so vital right now for our parishes? Yeah, and I think people don't realize, they think that kids get up to maybe college or even later, right? Your, your brain doesn't even develop fully till 25. They're like, oh, well, they'll make those decisions later. But as you said, 13 for every one teen confirmed, 6.45 leave. And that came from that 2019 report, wow. which is scary and i i think it should frighten people and not in a way of like fear of of huddling but this is why youth ministry is so important and even if you don't have maybe a parish who is active in youth ministry there is something and and life team provides things that can be a small group you know thing for parents if even they want to do it but community is everything you mentioned even like just having accountability and having community. Look at the disciples, right? Like, yeah, they weren't sent off on their own a little bit, but at the same time, they had that community. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that is so important for youth ministry to have and provide something for teens where they can find truth. Right. They well, are seeking that truth. I also think it's important where you say, you know, a 13-year-old, for example, saying leaving the church, they may not be able to physically because they still are in their family home and they still may be going to mass, but it, we're talking about the heart here. Mm-hmm. And if their heart can remain close to the Lord and their heart can be on fire and their heart can be desiring to be in community and be at church, that's such a big thing right there. And then when they're in that community, whether it's through Life Teen or as they 
grow older and mature through focus, then they get the solid foundation and they yeah. get the catechesis and they get all the things Correct. and then they can make that adult decision for themselves. I want to be in the church. But it does go all the way back to getting them plugged in. Now, but here's the challenge because, Patty, you and I have talked about this. I've heard you give talks about this. I've heard Life Team talk about this. Um, it all starts in the home because, mm. sadly, how many families, I, you know, I've talked with priests, they, they, they grieve because they say, well, I don't see you on Sundays. Oh, no, no, our kids go to Mass on, on Thursday. That's all school Mass day. That's, that's, that's our Sunday. Mm. And it's like, no, Sunday is Sunday. And you can have the greatest, most dynamic youth ministry program in the world, and it's going to reach souls. But if there's that foundation of faith in the home, it makes your job and it makes the youth minister's job oh so much gosh. easier. And, and, yeah. and why is that? Why is that so important not to just say, well, I'm going to drop my kids at youth group and they'll take care of it? Yeah, it's a partnership. And yes, obviously the parents are primary catechists, but we want to support them and journey with them and give them the resources to help do that. And I think it's important to remember that. I was youth minister for 13 years, mm. and I would have, I would love to be like, oh, every kid is a practicing Catholic and active and all this stuff. But the reality is, that a lot of times it was a little easier in some ways for those teens who came who had that foundation at home, mm -hmm. that they weren't going home and hearing contradictory information, mm -hmm. that they weren't going home and that they were able to have accountability and that we were supporting the parents and what they were teaching too. It makes a huge difference in that way. Yeah. I always like to say it's never an either or, it's a both and, mm -hmm. both no, and for sure. One Absolutely. of the intimidating things as a parent though can always be, well, what am I supposed to talk about with him? Like what is age appropriate? What are the conversations we should be having? I'll never forget my son one time we were listening to uh, a CD of, of Father Calloway talking about Eucharist, or rosary saints. Mm -hmm. And you're like, look this up. This really happened. And he's on the edge of his seat. And he's like, Dad, can we go home? Can we look that up? He said, it's, it's, on, it's online. You can look this up. And I'm like, okay, that's something that we can talk about. Confirmation has kind of made it easy. We're, he's doing confirmation prep. That gives us an opening on what do we talk about. But we're not necessarily saying, parents, you need to go home and you need to read every paragraph of the catechism over the course of, you know, six months, a year, two years, and, and drill your kids and have them recite chapter and verse on this. What are the conversations that parents can be having with their kids at that middle school level or at that high school level about their faith? Well, I think first starts even with just modeling it. I think having the parents practice, it doesn't mean you have to be perfect, but I think you just have to try. And I think that accepting that, yes, we're sinners, we're going to make mistakes, but being authentic in that because kids can see right through that. But starting with yourself, but having those conversations, and maybe it's just a simple thing, driving home from Mass and saying, hey, like, what did you think of the homily? What's something, or out of the gospel, what's something that stuck out? And it's just interesting maybe having some of those conversations. And I will tell you, I hear it all the time. Kids complain, like, oh, yeah, we have to pray before meals, or we have to do this, or my, my mom makes me do a you know, family rosary. But I'm telling you, 10, 20 years, it, it sticks. You're mm -hmm. planting those seeds. Mm -hmm. And maybe they don't get watered. It's not for us to do that. But those seeds are planted, and they always come back when they're seeking truth. They always find that church. Can, mm -hmm. can I put Patty on the spot with a glory story since Absolutely. We're, we're sharing those this week? Tell, tell Kelly about the family prayer you prayed and then your son, Father John. Oh, okay, yeah. So um, every night when our kids were little, we would just go in and we would bless them, but we would make up. It, it, it kind of just became our own family prayer, and it sounded something like this. God bless John. Keep him healthy. and you know, God bless yeah. grandmas and grandpas and my friends and everybody. Keep him healthy and safe. Help him to always know what is right and wrong. Help him to try his best in everything he does and to live his life according to your word. Seriously, every night, that's basically what we said over our kids. Good night, love you, kiss, and out the door, yep. right? We were for bed. Well, when my son was ordained a priest and it came time for first blessings, 
we all, of course, parents are the very first oh. blessing, and we're wondering, you know, what is our son going to say? And he's just been ordained, and, of course, we go over to the hall, and he puts his hands up, and he literally says, God bless mom and oh dad. Oh, my gosh. Keep them healthy and safe. Help them to always. And then we all laugh. Help them to know what is right and wrong. Help them to try their, but to live their lives according to your words. And, I mean, we're bawling. Yeah. And then, of course, his brother comes up, and his sister comes up, and he does the same prayer. It was our family prayer. I yes. love that. So, yeah, that's, again, that's just how it those is. little you things, like know. you just say, they stick. Or you just and said, going in, blessing, make a sign of the cross. Little bitty right. things you think are not making a difference at all. And it yet... Does. That's what sticks. And, and, and that's my segue here, too. I'm, I'm going to use this. Um, from my youth group days when I was a teen, you know, I do radio. We've got um, several youth ministers. We've got a few that are theology teachers. We've got some focus. They, they work for focus out in Denver in the, the main office. And it's amazing to see what God's done with us vocations to the priesthood and religious life. You want to talk about the fruit, you know, how many marriages, holy marriages came out of Life Dean and youth ministry programs, but how many vocations to the priesthood and mm-hmm. religious life have come out of these dynamic youth ministry programs too? And it's huge. I mean, if you look at the difference between, I, I think, and I don't want to misquote, but there is a good portion of a lot of seminarians who are like, I came from a Life Dean parish. Mm-hmm. And it's not a matter of like right and wrong, but what you do is you get good catechesis and you get that community and exposure and it helps them learn and gain the tools to properly discern and i think that's the biggest thing it's not like oh you should be doing this that it's like how can i help you discern and not just necessarily vocations but just in life in general of like getting a job just simple things like that i think we underplay that importance of god being part of that decision i'll say one thing too just about uh, parents because sometimes i think we need to equip and embolden our parents I will say that when our kids were in high school, you know, they were um, meeting a lot of friends and peers. For us, it was, we literally just said, youth group is non-negotiable. You have to go to youth group. I just wanted them there. I just said, I want you to be there. You will meet friends there. You'll get to do some fun things. And it was just one of those things in our family that it was the expectation. Youth group is non-negotiable. That's your part of being involved in the church right now at your state in life. I want you involved in youth group. So they did. And what was also, I'll say this too. Um, I let my kids, some of them were in our own parish youth group. And some of my kids went to other parishes, youth yeah. and I didn't, it didn't matter. I said, I don't care what parish it is, as long as you are an active participant in a youth group at a Catholic parish, that's your requirement at your stage yeah. of life. Jesus yeah. is the same. Exactly. So yeah. I, I want to embolden parents to maybe, if you need mm-hmm. to say that to your high schooler, because again, we're talking about this natural progression. Here we're here with focus with college students, but it does start, like, right. as we said, 13, 14, 15 build that foundation. Now, here's my other challenge. Uh, this is not about going up to Father and saying, Father, we need youth ministry in our parish if, if, if we don't have it. And you need to take care of that. You know, Father, make youth ministry happen. This is all about invitation, friends. If, if we want this to happen in our parishes, it's not enough to just say, Father, this needs to happen. It's to say, Father, I think this could be a valuable asset to our parish, and I am willing to roll up my sleeves and get involved and help, which could seem like a very uh, daunting thing. I, You know, if I didn't go through youth ministry and someone said, start youth ministry, I wouldn't know where to begin. For those of you listening, I I know we're in many dioceses. Uh, Check with your diocese. See what they say. Here in the Archdiocese of St. Louis, we're blessed with a great office of youth ministry that they they go out and help parishes launch youth ministry programs all the time. Life Teen is another great resource to check out if if you're looking for a great resource. Um, I've known uh, Katie Gray from your team and and Claire since 
are my youth group days, right? <laughs> and uh, they are great people. I've called them already, said I want to get something started in my parish, and they're like, start here. And, I, yeah. and it's great. So where can our listeners go? They're like, all right, I, I do want to check this out. I, I want to bring something to Father's Day. Maybe we should do this here. Yeah. I think give us a call. We will help you. We will help you. We'll even help you with that conversation. We'll be part of that conversation. And to answer that question, why? And I think you're right. I think a lot of people go to the pastor and say, hey, you should do this. But I think part of it's like, no, that this is desires on your heart. Like, how can you actually do this? And it's more of an I. Like, I would like to do this, Father. Can I have your blessing? And this is the beauty of Life Teen is we will help you. And we give you the resources. You're not reinventing the wheel. You're not writing talks. We provide those things for you. Mm. And we will give you the training to do those things and execute them well. And it's not like, here's a box. Have fun. Good luck. It's like, no, we... We will get on the phone every week with you and walk through with you. Um, and think, it's so it's it's a great, great resource. I think that's what's most important is a lot of times people think in the, that the Catholic Church doesn't have a lot of these resources. If you really have something on your heart that you want in your parish, find out what resources are there. There's so much help. out there. There's so much out there. Mm-hmm. You re- Like you just said, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. So how do they get in contact? What's the number? What's the website? Yeah, lifeteam.com. As simple as that. And there's even, just simplify it, you go to the website on the the bottom right there's a chat feature um, and typically they'll even reach Claire to, on that um, just send a send a message or go to the staff page reach out to any of our staff um, we want to make sure that we are providing everything that we can for it to be successful and it you know maybe something like you're like I I don't I don't want to do a life night per se we have things like kickstart which are just a modified version for maybe parishes that are a little smaller rural rural Things like that, or a lot of parishes um, are definitely in more of a family, and they're, they're grouped a little bit. We have things for that, too. So we have something for everyone, and that will fit what their need is for their parish. And, and I want to wrap up with this. Um, seasons of life are an important thing. And I remember when we were talking with the youth minister at our parish a couple years back, and Beth and I actually met. Like I said, she was on core team at a life team program. I was in for the summer helping the musician out. Um, and we said, we're not at that season of life where we can do that right now. We're at the season of life that if you need cookies, we can bake cookies. If you need brownies, <laughs> we, can, we can order pizza, pick it up, drop it off. We're in that season of life. But I have never met a youth minister that when parishioners have said, how can I help? You know, who, I'd be happy to go do this for you or do that. Who said, no, I, you know what? I, I don't want any help here. They will all gladly take the help. And I think those are some of my favorite memories are the, the older parishioners who would drop by, the more seasoned parishioners. And they said, you know, you don't know us. We don't have high school kids anymore, but we love Jesus, and we love you, and we're here. And that made a difference. So, Kelly, thank you so much for waking up early and being with us this morning on Roadmap to Heaven. It's been a, a joy to have you with us. Yeah, my pleasure. Yeah, and if anyone's local, we uh, at Life Teen, we're hosting an event on Wednesday night. Uh, so it's upstairs, and you can go on our website or social media to RSVP, but we'll get you in, and it's just a time of worship, praise, short talk. We'll provide pizza, free dinner. Who doesn't love that? And that's here and at that Seek. And that is here at Seek. Yeah. Yep, so at the America Center. And so it is upstairs. So we would love for even high school, local high schoolers to come and kind of get connected with Focus even and Life Teen. Yep. Uh, we we want to make sure that they are prepared to have that community. And if you're listening as you're driving down to Focus and to Seek today and you're like, I really could use some coffee during the break time after Mass. 
Come see Life Teens. They've got great coffee. Yeah, but don't pour over. Yeah. <laughs> well, we are almost out of time. So, Kelly, again, thank you for being with us. Let's talk about the rest of this week here. If you're saying, wow, I, I kind of want to hear more about this. Well, don't worry. We're going to be here every morning this week. But that's not all. There's more. Patty and I are going to be with you this afternoon. Our broadcast starts at 4 o'clock. We've got some really special guests lined up. And I'm on that fence of, do we want to share who they are? Or do you have to tune in and listen? And I'm going to say, you have to tune in and listen. It's, <laughs> it, it, it's Christmas still it's like opening a radio present to hear some of the folks we're going to have joining us here so uh, let's pray in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen. amen all glory be to the father and to the son and to the holy spirit as it was in the beginning is now and ever shall be world without end amen, amen. mary mother of the church pray, pray for, for us saint joseph terror of demons pray, pray for us saint jose sanchez del rio patron of this conference pray, pray for, for us. us in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen for covenant network i'm adam wright and i'm patty schneier tune in today at four o'clock for our next broadcast from Seek and be sure to check out the Roadmap to Heaven podcast where you can hear all of these interviews and more from previous shows. Until next time, until this afternoon really, have a blessed day and pray your rosary today. <laughs>